Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. How are all my pod people out there in podcast land doing? Hopefully you're doing well and enjoying the new year. Tonight's episode is one that falls close to a full moon. So all you very hairy mens, this one's for you. But before we jump into tonight's review, how about a few quick reflections? Quick reflection number one. Day of the Triffids from 1963. This one was actually really good. Yeah, the creature is a bit hokey and the story has some plot holes, but it's still a lot of fun. And I finally got that Rocky Horror Picture Show lyric. <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch. So I give Day of the Triffids from 1963 8 out of 10 lighthouse drunks. <laughs> uh, quick reflection number two. The Frozen Dead from 1966. Uh, it was kind of a meh version of The Brain That Wouldn't Die, but with a bunch of frozen Nazis. The acting was good, but still not great. It could have been an episode of a horror anthology or TV series. So I give Frozen Dead from 1966 4 out of 10 arm walls. No, not armoires. Arm walls. <laughs> Quick reflection, number three, The Chair from 1988. This one had a couple good moments, but for the most part it was, ugh. It had a couple good effects, maybe one good effect, but I don't think it knew what it wanted to be. Too many storylines, a lot of bad acting. So I give The Chair from 1988 three out of ten eyeball light bulbs. <laughs> well, now it's time for tonight's main feature. Settle in, grab a drink, and enjoy. Tonight, I am reviewing Haunted Honeymoon from 1986. Now, this is one of those movies I used to watch a lot in the 80s because I had it on VHS. It's very much in the same vein as Clue and Murder by Death and, you know, Mel Brooks comedies. It has some really big stars at the time, Gene Wilder, Gilda Radner, Dom DeLuise, and more. Uh, lots of running gags. And I feel like it's a hidden gem because not a lot of people talk about it. I also chose this episode because there is a full moon in a couple days. And this movie, spoiler, has a werewolf storyline. <laughs> All right. Opening credits. Jean, Gilda, Dom. Fun fact. Jean and Gilda were married in real life during this movie. We open on a foggy road during a thunderstorm. Title card. Haunted Honeymoon. More credits with this amazing opening music, very reminiscent of classic horror movies. We focus in on this gorgeous house that looks very familiar. Why? Because it's been in a bunch of TV and movies, including The Great Muppet Caper, uh, 1989 Batman as Wayne Manor, and a bunch of others. So we focus on an old woman banging on the glass of a window, and she falls out and has a knife in her back. And then her wig blows off, been there, <laughs> and then he lifts his head and says, It's not what you think. Ugh. Well, it's partly what you think, but, uh, oh, 
it's so complicated. Ugh. Oh, we see it's a 1930s radio show. In fact, this whole movie is supposed to be like a 1930s movie. Vicky and Larry, Gilda and Jean, start giving interviews to some old times newsmen and one newswoman, thank you, during the commercial break, since the radio show is live. While still in commercial, they test out some of the storm noises, and Larry starts to have some sort of PTSD episode. Fun fact, all the effects and stuff were all practical, so it was more authentic, like a 1930s radio show. It also kept the cost down, so that helped. Now they're back on the air. Boston Purina, Checkerboard Square, makers of Purina Dog Chow presents Manhattan Mystery Theater. Hello again. Still there? This is your host speaking. And now, friends, brace yourselves for the chilling conclusion to tonight's tale of horror entitled Haunted Honeymoon. <laughs> they continue with the radio show as Larry starts acting weirder and weirder. And I don't think he's acting. <laughs> Enter Dr. Paul Abbott, Larry's uncle, a famous psychiatrist, in the producer's booth to explain why Larry is acting so odd and how he can cure him. Who the hell are you? I'm Dr. Paul Abbott. Oh, doctor, thank God you're here. Uh, please, come in. This is our sponsor, Mr. Tarlow. Uh, Charlie, this is Larry's uncle, the famous psychiatrist. I asked him to come here and meet you. Well, will you please tell me what he's laughing at? This is supposed to be a mystery, not a comedy. He's laughing because he's afraid, Mr. Torlo. Afraid? Tomorrow, the same thing might make him cry. That's he what did. he did last week. For God's sake, what's he afraid of? Thunder and lightning? A wind machine? We have that stuff every week. Why now? We were number one. Because three weeks ago, he got engaged to be married. The curse of the mummy. What's getting engaged got to do with it? The engagement has opened a gigantic crack in his psyche. So hideous to Larry's mind that he must lock it out. But I do know that I can cure him. How? Oh. By scaring him. To death. Good God, you want to scare him more than he already is? How do you cure hiccups, Mr. Tarlow? What, you... Listen to me. I've been working in Zurich with a brilliant scientist who has discovered the cure for Larry's condition. Dr. Strickland has proved that the cure is to increase the unbearable pressure of the fears, not to lessen it. You mean like uh, going faster on a dangerous curve? Exactly. This weekend, starting tonight, the entire Abbott family is gathering for the wedding at the estate of Larry's great aunt. We have him in an ideal situation. A lonely estate, miles from anywhere. Cut to Larry and Vicky driving towards his aunt's house in Stormville, of course. Stormville. Funny. Punny. <laughs> Cut back to this amazing house. Oh my god, I want this house. <laughs> and we overhear Aunt Kate, played by the amazing Dom DeLuise, and her lawyer Francis, updating her will so that Larry gets everything. Before you sign, there's one thing you haven't considered. What's that? What if Larry dies before you do? If Larry should die, you can all share the money equally, just as it was before. Francis, you're the only living person that knows I've changed my will. If you ever tell anyone that you're so rotten in hell, 
So clearly Vicky hasn't seen the place where they're getting married. What a cozy place for a wedding. Who lived here before, Count Dracula? Will you lay off that stuff? I grew up in this place. You grew up here? No wonder you turned out so normal. Hey, hey. Sorry. Must be delightful by daylight. Then we meet Finster, the butler, who is a hoot and a half. And he scares Vicky a little. He's a little hard of hearing, or a lot hard of hearing sometimes. And he's also very forgetful, or drunk, or both, not sure. <laughs> then someone is knocking, and we meet the housemaid, Rachel. And she answers the door, and the man at the door, his eyes start glowing, and she gets all nice again, and she lets him in. Do I have to do everything? Drunk and sort? Hold your horses. Where's Fista? Where is he? Oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. Who are you? What do you want? This is just for the family. I don't know you. Why are you looking at me? What do you want? Are you selling something? Susan Abbott, she should be here any moment. I came from Philadelphia by train. I believe the family's expecting me. Won't you come in? Cut to Larry and Vicky in her room before he leaves to go to his room, and we see someone spying on them through the window. Cut to Sylvia and Larry's cousin Charles, and Rachel, the maid, have the best interaction. So what do you think, honey? Rachel, you're a sight for sore eyes, babe. Oh, Rachel. Oh. It's funny, she usually plants a big wet one on me whenever I get back. I do not. She must be shy. Uh, Rachel, I'd like you to meet a very old friend of mine from school, Sophie Beach. Pleased to meet you, Rachel. Rachel, you look wonderful. Wonderful. Not a day over 70. Three, four, seventy-five, six. Oh, Rachel. You need a haircut. Oh, same old Rachel. Love you, baby. Love you. Then arrives Uncle Paul Abbott, the doctor, and his wife, Nora. And everything they do is all sped up and weird. It's hilarious, but they never explain why they do that. It's just that one little part. I don't know. It's a weird scene. Back in Larry's room, someone locks the door and a snake pops out of his dresser and he screams and screams. So Vicky comes running and she and Francis go in the room and Larry seems to be gone. But they find him up on a moose head on the wall. I want to know, how did he get up there without, one, catching on those horns? Or just period, how did he get up there? Plot hole. <laughs> it's still very funny, but how the hell did you get up there? Uh, Uncle Francis looks for the snake and finds a fabric tube, probably to put under the door to prevent drafts. So they convince him that it wasn't a snake at all. Cut to a wolfman climbing up the drain pipe outside and he starts spying on Charlie and Sylvia. Now I know I've said this before, but drain pipes and trellisai <laughs> cannot support werewolves. <laughs> then arrives Montego's wife, Susan Abbott, in this gorgeous car. And the house dog is not a fan of hers. Hmm, I wonder why. 
Then Sylvia sees Larry in the hall and starts kissing him. And then Vicky sees him and he makes up this story about Rachel, the maid, kissing him. Poor Rachel. But the actress playing her is amazing. Now the whole family is gathered in the main hall and we meet Madame Catherine, Aunt Kate, played by Dom DeLuise in this fabulous rich old lady drag. This house is cursed! They were all godless here. All, they used to bring their women to this house, brazen, lolling creatures with their silks and satins. Oh, they filled this house with laughter and sin. Laughter and sin. Wicked, blasphemous men with their painted women. They reveled in the joys of fleshly love. Oh, I can still, still, Hear the echoes of the past. Oh, what memories! <laughs> Hello, darling. And Kate, this is my fiance, Vicky. How do you oh, do, Aunt Kate? <laughs> charming, charming. I'm starved. Let's eat. And she farts down the banister into Larry's arms. God, I love this movie. <laughs> I know she didn't fart, and I know it's the banister creaking, even though it's marble, but whatever. It's a movie. Cut to the dinner table, and Aunt Catherine makes a speech. I know that one of you is a werewolf. I saw you in the garden this afternoon. Don't be frightened, dear. She's a little bit eccentric. Of course, I'm only speaking to the Abbott family. My brother John, from whom you are all descended, was bitten on the back of his neck by something that was half animal half human from that moment on he was hairy all over i had hoped all these years that his disease would not be passed on but now i see that it was one of you is preying upon the fears of an old woman whoever you are may god strike you dead now let's have coffee and dessert in the music room coffee and dessert in the music room <laughs> and some light entertainment with Vicky and Catherine singing and dancing as Montego glows his eyes at Larry. What I'm about to tell you first first you put your two knees close up tight you mean you swing them to the left? Yes and then you swing them to the right? Oh my dear you step around the floor, kind of nice and light. One, two! And then you twist around and twist around with all your might. Spread your loving arms, clear out of space. You do the eagle rock with style and grace. You put your left foot out and bring it back. And that's what we call the jack. That number is so fun. I always have to watch it at least twice. It is so good. <laughs> it's so weird. Any hoozle. 
More clips of someone watching them through the window. And then Aunt Catherine asks about Francis Jr. and lets them know a little tea. Where's Francis Jr.? I don't know, Kate. He told me he was coming out this afternoon. I thought, sure, he'd be here in time for dinner. One of my dresses is missing. Has he been at it again? No. Uh, no, no, no. I... My son does this wonderful impression of Aunt Kate. He's got her voice down to a T. And, well, uh, sometimes he likes to uh, put on one of Aunt Kate's dresses to entertain family gatherings. I see. Oh, you should have seen him last Christmas. Such fun. Yes. And when the police dragged him out of the ladies' room in Saks Fifth Avenue, that was fun. Boom, the lights go out. So they all decide to go to bed, candles in hand. This house is stunning. I will say it a million times. It's beautiful. Cut to the fabulous wine cellar, and the wolfman starts talking to someone, but we don't see who. And we find out they were trying to kill Aunt Kate but they killed Francis Jr., who was dressed as Aunt Kate. And the unknown man kills the wolfman and rips off his mask. I guess he's going to be the wolfman now. Hmm. Cut to some shadow of a person asking Vicky for help. This is getting all very weird. So Larry's getting into bed, and there's someone else in there, and he thinks it's Vicky there for some pre-wedding nookie. But we see that it's Francis Jr., <laughs> I bet this scene was a riot to film. Him trying, just laying there trying not to laugh. Just then, a knife starts coming out the wall. But Larry sees that it's not Vicky and screams, runs to get Finster. But when Finster gets there, it's just a pile of pillows. Hmm. So Finster leaves Larry, and as he's laying there on the bed, someone walks down the wall, staring right at him. It's actually a really cool effect, and I don't know how they did it, since everything's like a practical effect. Now you'd think this would frighten me. Well, it doesn't. Because I know that this is just a filthy figment of my diseased imagination. And all I have to do to prove it is simply reach out my hand... And touch it. Don't be a scaredy cat. There's nothing there. Just touch it. does touch it and starts screaming and covers his eyes as the creature walks away. Then his piano in his room starts playing as Vicky in a wedding dress is floating outside his window and she then walks off into the fog. So Larry leaves his room. As he enters the hall, all the candles start to light and Larry is losing it. And he goes through a mirror to the outside and sees an open grave and a hand pops out and grabs him. And he freaks out as a couple of local cops seeing the lightning only over at the Abbott place, and they head over to check it out. This whole sequence is so good, especially since it's all practical effects. 
it's kind of like a dream, but not a dream. Because it is actually happening, but from Larry's perspective, this has to be a dream or nightmare. I don't know. Then Finster, drunk in the cellar, sees Larry, and he thinks he's the werewolf. And he starts freaking out and attacking Larry, so Larry knocks him out. And the cops come down to the cellar, and Larry has to convince him that he was acting. Now, this whole routine with the legs and the crazy acting and the rats is so amazing. I don't know why this movie isn't more popular. I know I keep saying that, but apparently it bombed, but I just don't get it. It's so funny. So after the cops leave, the werewolf starts chasing Larry with a knife, but he gets away and goes looking for Vicky. And we see her outside on wires floating around. And back inside, we see the snake in the chandelier. And Larry finds the mask of the wall walker in Montego's stuff. And he starts to put things together. And he goes to dig up the grave from earlier and finds an electric hand and the button for the lightning and thunder. It was Montego's lightning machine, we find out. And Larry hears noises and falls into the open grave. And Francis Jr.'s body is in there. But the cops are coming. So Larry and Finster set up a scene of dancing and Finster playing the accordion, very much like the scene in Clue with the dead bodies in the ballroom. Is it the ballroom? I don't know, it's one of the rooms. After the cops leave, the werewolf starts to attack. It hits Finster with a shovel and seals Larry in the coffin with the glass window and buries him alive. Bum, bum, bum. Then we see someone snip at the phone line. What did it sound like? Snip. The whole family shows up where the bodies were laying and cover up Francis and the other guy, who was the first werewolf guy. Larry is under the dirt, but can't scream because he is paralyzed with fear. So they all spread out to find Larry and to call the police. While Larry's buried alive, we get a flashback of his mother's wedding day when he was a little boy. During the thunderstorm, lightning crashes through the church stained glass window and kills his mother. That's why the storm sounds and the wedding made him crack. Charlie is on the phone to the cops and Vicky sees that the phone line was cut and that he's talking to no one. Then he starts to put on gloves and runs after her through the grand house. But so is Larry coming to the rescue. He and Charlie fight on the staircase and just as Charlie is about to finish Larry off with the vase, Aunt Kate shoots Charlie right out the window. $5,000. There are only three like it in the world to give to hold this. Oh, well. Oh. Darling. No, let's get on with this wedding, my dears. Cut to the wedding. And do you, Vicky Pearl, take this man to love, honor, and cherish until death do you part? I do. I now pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride. Wait! Oh, wait. Before this moment is over, I want to say that this house has been under a cloud of darkness for so many years, and now, at last, the cloud has pissed. Past. P past. Yes. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, I mean the, the 
cloud has passed away. Oh, it's gone. It's finished. The cloud has just really <laughs> passed. Now run along, you two. Goodbye, and Kate. We love you. And have a happy, happy honeymoon. Tune in next week when Manhattan Mystery Theater will present Your Mummy's Calling. Brought to you by Ralston Purina, makers of Purina Dog Child. <laughs> And it was all a radio show. (laughs) Twist ending. Now they really are going on their honeymoon. And as they drive off singing a happy tune, the end. Or wait, is it? Sometimes in small ways we may not agree. But we will weather hardships together. Wait and see. Before you all settle back into the cozy comfort of a happy ending. Let me ask you one question. Are you so sure that our story has ended? Hmm? Until next time, this is your host wishing you pleasant dreams. (laughs) Now, the end. This movie is amazing. It's so odd that it was a bomb at the box office. It has tons of jokes, running gags, a great twist ending, and the acting is great. The special effects and soundtrack are number one. Plus it has werewolves, magicians, drag queens. What else do you need? (laughs) Well, I give Haunted Honeymoon 10 out of 10 farting banisters. Remember to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, and feel free to message me any comments, questions, or concerns to any of my socials, and all that info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's enough werewolf horror comedy for me tonight. Have fun on the full moon, and as always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. Did you hear what the bug said to the windshield? What? That's me all over.